We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Bumper, bumper selection of lads this week. Uh, Stark contrast to last week when we got beat. Uh, everyone wants to be here for the 1-1 victory against Liverpool. Uh, I've got, you've got myself, Alex Hurst. I'll go left to right. We've got uh, Andrew Bolland, Mark Greenstreet Cowley, Ben Wade, Norman Riley and Simon Campbell. And we're here to talk to you about the 1-1 draw uh, against Liverpool at St James's yesterday, which was a class day for plenty of reasons, which we'll go into. Um, okay, Green Street, since you're here, I'll start with you. True or false? Newcastle's performance yesterday was a defensive disgrace and proves that they should not be in the Premier League, according to Adrian Durham. So, is that what he said? Yeah. Um, yeah, completely false. Um, he set out his game as what we expected, really. We knew Liverpool are going to have the possession, um, going to have a few chances. Um, early early doors. Um, we frustrated them really. Um, you see in the first half, we they did have a couple of really good chances, which as Liverpool do, <laughs> fuck them up. Um, but coming like even the second like they were going for the second half. In terms of the last fifteen, we looked the team who we could even get a win ourselves. They had they ran out of ideas. Liverpool didn't have as I thought they have a lot like a lot more chances. They did they had a, obviously a few very good chances, but. Um, if you look at all the game, like really, Rob Elliott's not really had too much to save. Um, Sorry, the Rob Elliott fan club are, are waiting for your analysis. Uh, should you have saved it? Um, I, I I think it's harsh to say you should have saved it. I mean, he's nowhere near it, which is which is poor. But it's still a good hit from Coutinho. He hits it quite hard. You know, Rob Elliott hasn't got that much time to react. It's not in the top corner. It's not a worldie. It's a decent goal, though, so I'm not going to hold that against Rob. I will. Uh, <laughs> you made a really, really good save at 1-1 to kind of, you know, if that had gone in, if you'd let you know, storage one, it was 1-1-1, one on one, you've got to give keepers a lot of credit when they save 1-1-1s. One on His kicking was very good. But I'll go back to what I said at the start of the season on the podcast. Um, we will concede lots of worldies from outside the area with Rob Elliott in goal, and that's two and two home games. But that's all the negativity for today. Um Look, if we go to team selection. Could you say quickly what well, on the performance? Like that—that's how you don't lose to Liverpool because the way Liverpool play, if you let them get balls in behind and let them run at you with pace, like Mane can, Sturridge can, Coutinho can. We've got so many players who can do it. Like we just sat back, fair enough. We had eleven men behind the ball for a lot of the game, but that's how you don't lose to them, and that's how you get success. And in the end, as Cowley said, we probably could, like teams have beaten them playing like that. So it was just their, their biggest asset is their pace. When you look at yeah. the the wingers, like. That's how they're tearing teams apart. 
it's because they've just got bags of pace. But, and if you push right really high up, then Salah and Mane are going to absolutely tear you a new one. So yeah. just don't let them get into that position. Make them have to be a bit clever. And to be honest, I mean, they, they get a lot of credit. A lot of the players get a lot of credit for being brilliant players. But, I mean, you, I remember Sterling used to get like heaps of praise for, for how he played, yet he's not a very good footballer. He's just <laughs> got loads of pace. Right. Um, look at last season, Liverpool-wise, like, a lot of times they dropped points because they just couldn't break teams down. We just set out that way. Um, yeah. They couldn't break it down. No point, like I said, Ben said, no point of like pushing high because you've seen a couple of times he did get in Salah and behind. Um, but other than that, they, they didn't really use their pace really effectively. Bolland, uh going to the team selection, eyebrows raised for you with the inclusion of Mankio or, or were you like, you know what, we've got that many decent fullbacks? He's picked up two best fit fullbacks there, which I was actually a little bit surprised. I wouldn't didn't think he'd necessarily go for that. Um, the same with Marino and Shelby. I think we talked about on the way back from Brighton. Like when Shelby came on, you could see like, it's been easy to forget how good he is because Marino's come in and done so well. And I think the ideal scenario for most Newcastle fans is to get Marino and Shelby into the same team. And I thought he might try it eventually. I didn't think it would be this game because I thought just having someone like Hayden who can break break up play would have been would have been crucial. But it actually worked pretty well. Um, so that was a little bit of a surprise, but a welcome surprise at that. Um, and then the rest of the team was pretty much as you'd expect, wasn't it? But it's yeah. ni- nice to see Mankiewicz and yeah, links that can both get forward and they can both attack and Bear. both actually full backs rather than. Bear in mind, yet yeah, uh, Mankiewicz is playing out of position at left back. Um, I thought he was absolutely exceptional. He's up against um, Salah, and you know what? He does get rinsed once. Well, not rinsed because the ball's played in behind him and Salah's faster than him. Um, he does get rinsed once in the in the first half, but the fact that Salah and Mane, who are both class, were so quiet yesterday. It's not like they were skinning anyone. It's not like they were missing chances or even having chances. You've got to give the, the two fullbacks so much credit. And We've done the Twitter poll just before on at TF Weekly Pod. Um, on Twitter and over 300 people voted and voted Yedlin man of the match by a mile side would you agree with that or Sky Sports give it to Matt Ritchie I, I would have said Lascelles personally but your take on that one um, you could give it any one of them couldn't you um, I thought I thought Shelby was outstanding I thought you, his defensive game was brilliant because I think as you said Bolland having them both in the same team was a surprise for most of us given the opposition but actually Shelby was winning the ball and doing what he normally does and finding passes in fact both of them were they were just both box-to-box midfielders. And what was interesting, actually, was that uh, Richie and Atsu spent a lot of the game behind Shelby. Richie and, Rich, Richie and Atsu were so deep, covering their full-backs, helping out defend, that it was actually Shelby who was the, picking up the ball a little bit ahead of them and, and looking for looking for balls in the channels. So I th- it's, it's it's unfair to pick to pick one out of all of them. But I pro- probably our strongest 11. If you asked like, yeah. most Newcastle fans to write down with the players we've got fit, what's, what's the first 11 at the minute? And yeah. that's probably it, isn't it? Oh, I would have put Yedlin on the match. Like, I think that's one of the worst performances to see Marnie. He just didn't have any yeah. impact on yeah. the game at all. And people at Liverpool are fans saying, like, even he touches shite Marnie's, which is not just kind of like if Yedlin's got a better and more game and not doing anything, that just comes with like him playing so well. The evening, like, first touch Marnie is going to be like pretty shite after that. But I think I think he even, like, switched it over in the second half. Marnie went in the right just because he had no look against Yedlin. For Yedlin and then Richie worked well together as well. Yeah. Look really good together. Norman, um, speaking of players who played well, Iose Perez uh, picked up a lot of praise from Mark Douglas and the Chronicle for the defensive role he plays in these type of games. Um, 
would you go along with that yesterday? I mean, we, we got some tweets on the podcast after the game saying, how does Perez continue to get picked? And, you know, I had me say last week, um, I thought of Brighton, he had a very, very poor game. Um, and and it's, it's kind of that uh, quandary with Perez, isn't it? And it's, it's like these kind of games, he seems to fit in really well. Do you think he's, he's literally fulfilling every role Rafa is asking of him or should we be expecting a little bit more in an attacking sense? Um, I mean, with yesterday's game, it's difficult difficult to expect more in an attacking sense of him just because of the way we, we set up. Um, I think Mark Douglas has, has got a bang on. He, he, worked, he, he worked incredibly hard yesterday. And of course, I mean, for someone who's in that number 10 role, you'd like to think he would chip in with, um, with a few goals and... And at the minute, I think the other thing is, well, I, I can't remember the last time Perez actually had a had a chance. Can any of you? The last few games? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I want to he put over the bar. He probably should have hit the right. target. That, that's right, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I get the impression that his confidence in front of goal at the minute is pretty low anyways. Um, but again, that, that's just something that that's something that will change with, with, with one goal. Um, but yesterday, he, he merited his place in the side purely based on the graft that he did. And... Um, and ultimately, we, we still we got a really good result. He obviously he's obviously doing everything Rafa's telling him because if he wasn't, then he wouldn't be in the team. So again, if Benitez is happy with what what Perez is doing, then I think I'll just take that as as, as him doing his job. Simple as that. Fair enough. We're actually just we've got the uh, highlights on Sky on in front of us now, and it's incredible to see how the team moves as one defensively. When Liverpool move the ball from side to side, the whole team without looking at each other move in hand tandem. It's beautiful. It's like some kind of modern dance. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but which one? Again, yes, I mean, they, they had apparently 17 shots. No, it didn't feel, didn't feel like that to me. Two, two on target. One, two was on, the, exactly. one was the goal, and I think one was the, the save by Elliot from storage. The second half. Let's say 12 of those shots, I mean... Where, 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 were the, where were the gun? Were they, were they hitting the corner flag? I mean, I don't, there, were a couple, there were a couple of nervous moments yesterday and I, I mean, especially looking back at the highlights this morning, they had a couple of chances that they should have done better with. But again, like in most of the games we've played this season, I never felt like we were going to lose. Yeah. Um, Bollins, you wanted to talk about uh, goal of the month contender, Hosselu. Yeah. Um, I think I've said this numerous times now. He's the difference from the first two games we saw. Like he gives us an out ball. He lets us. He brings other players into the game, and I think crucially he got his goal. And now it's a bit of a. It's a little bit of luck. A lot of luck involved in the goal. <laughs> Beautiful one too. But like <laughs> that's he's missed four absolute saves, but he keeps getting in the right position. And like that goal was just sort of like a reward for the amount of like of effort he's continuing to put in that he's not giving up he's still getting himself in those positions and um it's probably you know the worst out of all of the chances he's had in the last few <laughs> games but it's gone in and that, that I think that's just like it's just brilliant for him because he just keeps getting in this in the right place all of the time it's up there with the Moti army yeah. finishing that fair <laughs> just put a class <laughs> But there's more intention than Diarmid. Like, oh, I don't know. Diarmid That's not fair on Mo. Doesn't know anything about it. Matty, um, shot, Matty. I think he's just been brilliant. Since we signed him, he's rapidly becoming my favourite player. Oh, oh right. Yeah, I was going to come to you, Norman. You were you were really impressed and give him a lot of praise in your match report. Just, um, like, uh, like Bollum said, they just, the amount of graft he puts in is absolutely phenomenal. And I've mentioned this before, but again, you look, see, look at yesterday. He's up against two Lovren and Matnik, so what's that? That's is that something like fifty odd million worth of centre backs they've got there. Well, 
I'll give you an example. They, I think they brought off Firmino and Lovren. No, Firmino and Oxlade-Chamberlain from the bench, who cost hey, 70 million. Me. That cost more than our starting lineup. Those two subs. Hossel, Hossel, cost 5 million. Again, I'm, I've said it before, he barely played at Stoke. His goal score record isn't brilliant historically. And he's come in and he's playing up front on his own. And the job that he's doing is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, and again, like Bolland says, the fact that he got that goal yesterday, albeit as lucky as it was, it's still going to do his confidence a world of good. And again, like Bolland said, four, he's had four chances in the last few games. The fact that he's that we're creating the chances for a start is a really good thing. And the fact that he's getting on them is good. And I just think, you know, he will he will bang a few goals in. He's not going to be prolific, but he's intelligent and he's doing a brilliant job. And for five million, I mean, it's, it's he's been a, a bargain so far. He might turn out just to be an actual, just like confident striker. Like he's getting running games and getting in the chances and getting. He's got a couple of goals now. It might just be a case of that's what he needs. Someone like Rafa who just believes in him now and he, he just kick on. Absolutely. One of the funny things. So someone I hate not crediting people, but someone put this on Twitter. I don't know who it was. He takes all these photos of him, him and his kid in the house with their tomb tops on. It is quite nice to think he's sat at home now wearing his top with his name <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Just sat there. Um, is me tomb top out there, wash love? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. I can't imagine for one second he expected after the two shite seasons or whatever he's had at Stoke, the full season and then a little bit of last season and then a pretty you know, nondescript season at Deputivo last year. I can't imagine for one second he ever expected to get a player in front of 52,000 fans as, a main, as the main man in the Premier League and I'd imagine he's taken a lot a lot from that at the minute and I think that'll just ensure that he just even though he's missing chances he'll just keep putting the graft in and doing the job that he was obviously paid to do It's Everything's come on up Hossolu as the saying goes um, Sai defensively yesterday we've talked about the fullbacks. Um Kieran Clark had one moment that reminds us that you know, he isn't like Franz Beckenbauer because he is class, but yeah. well, he has that in him. Um, he's not got a very good right foot, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he missed the ball by a body yard. <laughs> uh, yeah, very lucky there not to concede. But um, overall, you know, another triumph for the for that for that centre back, Joe. Do you think? And do you think that maybe this is it? This is it now because I'm just waiting for Lejeune to come back in the team. But you know, hardly conceded a goal these two. Yeah, you, it's really hard to, to to break up that partnership now, isn't it? So what's that? Seven games, um, six conceded in seven games. That's, that's outrageous. Now Lejeune played the first half of Tottenham, but how can you how can you not have that defence and, and just carry on with it? Um, I think you, you you're right in what you say. I don't think uh, you're often reminded of the fact that they're both maybe championship defenders who are still learning the game. They're both quite young. Um, Lascelles especially has got a long way to go still to, to be the player he could be but I think they've got a good understanding already and they've got a good partnership and you get none of the kind of what we've seen over the years when we've had like random defenders put in together you had like Williamson put in with like Bassong and just ridiculous <coughs> partnerships who clearly just didn't have an understanding and kind of that, that the best that's why we can defend at the minute we've got two, two to four players always playing who seem to have a good understanding and there's never any kind of fuck ups and that, that, that's why we're not conceding any goals yeah two seconds there's this Premier League thing with like you know West Ham second season in the London Stadium Everton Premier League ever present I really want to see what ours is West Brom eighth consecutive season in the Premier League Newcastle promoted as champions get yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stoke oldest Premier League club we are next season we stayed up as champions yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, the Brighton's came up as champions Champions yeah. as well. Tottenham with Tottenham with just Harry Kane. Yeah, Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I suppose the, 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 the England bandwagon's going again for Lascelles. Like, we get beat one week and it's, he's shite, then it's, he's back in the England full. The, the last thing Lascelles need is, needs is to have loads of time on the ball at Wembley with nothing happening in front of him against a shite team sitting deep. Cause Mal- he, Malta. He will be found out, but he's doing a brilliant job for us. And I hate, like, you know, the passion and the captaincy crack, but he is a really good captain. And if you watch him, when, like, when we're starting, we're starting to learn a little bit, and we're starting to get a little bit nasty. That's what we need. Like people say, we don't appeal for stuff enough. Yesterday, when there was that high boot, um, by Gomez on, uh, Cristiano, the cells was straight in the mask face. But he was telling Perez to fuck off. He was telling right. Richie, he was like, no lads, yeah, no yeah, lads. That's like cabin material, isn't it? It's like the ref's gonna, you know, well, I, there, there was none of that from there was none of that from Henderson. He was just yeah. letting all the lads pile in. Uh, yeah. Refs getting pissed off, yeah. but but Jamal, uh, all over it. You know, lads, Green Street, or well Ben, actually, I'm not coming to you yet for a specific topic. Um, the start now is 10 points from seven games. Happy with that? Ninth in the league? I mean, it's still early days, like, but, you know, 10 points at the Palace. <laughs> Definitely. I, th- I mean, I think the games haven't gone quite the way you would have expected, but I think we probably would have been quite happy with this total after after the games we've had. Um, I mean, that that was a bonus point. I don't think anyone expected to, to do too much against Liverpool. Um and I just, I just think the the best thing about it is, it's the the way we're performing. We've not, we've not had any hidings yet. We've not really been like taken apart by anyone. And we've played, we've played two of the best footballing sides in, in the country in, uh, in in West Ham and Stoke. Yeah. And, uh, no, but like we've, we've we've just looked really, really solid. And it's that that's what like staying up in the Premier League is based on is is a solid foundation. And we've not really been troubled troubled by anyone. Yeah, I mean. Green Street, I don't know if you heard me last week on the podcast, but I wasn't happy <laughs> after coming back from Brighton. Um, do, does this kind of game and performance maybe allow the Brighton one? Because you know what we're going to do this season, we're just going to stay in games. And if you stay in games, you take points from maybe games. And I wouldn't say don't deserve yesterday, but maybe you know Liverpool Liverpool were the, were the, Liverpool were the better side attacking-wise. There's no point pretending that. Yeah. They've got like... Like I've said, there's more attacking talent in their team than Newcastle United is worth as a club. Like, do you think that maybe we're going to have to suffer the Brightons potentially? Like, so say we got Southampton and put the same performance in, and we got beat one nil. Is it worth it to take points out of these games, or do you think we should be more attacking? Um, I mean, look at that last week. Obviously, we were disappointing. Before we'd, we'd get something from them, but I think one good thing is that when we're going to these ground, we're not. We're always. We're always been the game. We never like it's very almost Southampton in a couple of weeks' time. You want to go there? We, we've had terrible record. Um, <laughs> we've not just got beat; we've got bad every time. So, I think even look at this game. I think we could we could even get something from it. Um, I obviously we'll go out. Southampton being like not really good run so far. That the struggle to go. So I think we should set ourselves up to actually look at to get a result there. Um, don't think we should sit us back is what we have done against Liverpool but we know the attacking um, of Liverpool um, I think we, we can have a go so I'm 100% like, uh, we, we can definitely get something out of it but do you think we will have a go at them or do you think it'll be like we did have a bit of a go at Brighton but I we, think we, I'll just on. come in I think, I think we'll go there and frustrate them and I think especially the way their season's gone they'll be good they'll, they'll be disappointed with the start they've had I think they would have been expecting to to perform a lot better they've slipped up in a few games that they probably weren't expecting to and I think if we go there and frustrate them at, at their place as well the emphasis is going to be on them to, to come and, and take us apart 
and that, that plays into our hands. We've said it already a number of times. I've seen you tweeting it loads of times. Like we play our best football when we haven't got the ball. Well, Southampton had 70 percent of possession yeah. at Stoke and got beat. Like exactly. you, Southampton, is aren't good enough. Yeah. To to be doing that, like it's it's fascinating. You know, so Stoke against Man United and. Um, Southampton no Arsenal and Southampton probably Man United but Arsenal and Southampton their only two wins this season have come from games when they've had 30% possession why on earth did they then come to Newcastle and look at dominant possession like but that's, I wonder how it's like I wonder whether it just happens or whatever but I think I guess, I guess it's the same point that we've been making about Brighton like why didn't we go and smash yeah, them yeah. and we fell into the same trap but we did but I think I think it'll play into our hands but getting ahead of ourselves there sorry um, is there any way John Drew Shelby cannot be picked again. I'm I'm still annoyed he didn't, he didn't start at Brighton. I can't get over it because he's so because he's so good. Like you know you know he's one of those players where we all knew. Um, so we, we I don't know who that is, Ben. Uh, <laughs> just showed a message of some some bloke that's died at sixty six. No idea who he is. Tom Petty. Tom Petty, the singer. Yeah. All oh, right. Uh, oh, turns out I do. All right, P mate. Um, Aye. He's one of those players, John Joe Shelby. Sorry about that. He's one of those players. Aye, one of those players, John Joe Shelby, who was saw him last season, and, and you'd think, you know, is Gale going to be as good in the Premier League? Um, is Kieran Clark going to be good in the Premier League? But we all knew John Joe Shelby is just fucking mint. So do you think yesterday, Simon? I know we've touched on it already, but to me, Shelby's got to be ahead of Marino. Do you see? Do you see that being the two for the season continuing based on what you saw yesterday? And if so. Why, from what you saw yesterday, or do you think it's going to be pick and choose each game? Do you think we might see Shelby and Hayden back again sometime soon? No, I, th- I honestly don't think he'll just he'll just rotate plays for the sake of it. He, he puts plays in the team on merit. Shelby was there in the first game because when he was he's our best midfielder, he got himself sent off like the divvy that he is, and then we won three games while he was out. So that's why yeah. he didn't get straight back in the team. We'd, we'd won three games in the bounce before Brighton. You could totally understand why the midfield stayed the same because Rafa rewards performances. He rewards good good form. And um, off the back of that game against Liverpool, there's no way you can drop Shelby because he, he was he was he was incredible. And I think you're you're right, and you're kind of him and Marino are quite alike, and in, in what they offer as a midfielder. But again, I'll I'll go back to Liverpool. Um, we're just we're just so bit high. I'd say there's, he's he's clearing balls off the line. He's winning balls in our own box. Like he, he did everything um, to show that he's not just the kind of attacking threat and the, the ball playing midfielder. He, he can do all the graft, and that's kind of what Rafa's probably pushing him at doing saying look you've got competition now you're going to have to show that you, you're worthy of that spot so I think we'll get that out of Shelby now and yeah you definitely play the next game I think the the performance against Brighton as well probably had I mean not that Rafa didn't already know but just showed yeah Hayden's performance there would just showed you need midfielders that are good on the ball and they can contribute in both sides of the pitch I think Hayden's too one dimensional in terms of he's he's really good and does all his, his defensive work to, to a really high level but when 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 you need to take the 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 ball sort of forward and 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 control the game in the opposition's half, he he doesn't really have the ability that the other two do, and I think they it's probably easier for them to to do the graft defensive side than it would be for him to, to sort of kick on and, and do the attacking side. So I think you you've got to go with the, the two players, and, and they're just that fucking good. The ability of those two players, you can't not um, play them either of them. All right, Norman. Um, yeah, what can you, you put a great line in your match report, which was picked up by some people on Twitter? Would you like to repeat it about Shelby? What was the line? It was something about him being a bald Iniesta who's a bit mad. <laughs> oh, I don't know the exact. I don't know the exact. I think big, bold, and beautiful um, 
uh, Iniesta, something along those lines. I mean, he just, he just that, that pass that he put through to Arsenal. I mean, you've obviously watched the highlights. It's one touch, and then the second touch is like uh, what forty odd yard, forty odd yard ball straight onto like, Arsenal's toes. It's, it was just absolutely brilliant, and uh, you, you have to, I mean, he obviously has to start against Southampton, and. Personal preference is just to keep them in Marina there because they're both just fantastic footballers. And the other thing you've just, you just mentioned there, the graft Chelsea put in uh, yesterday was was superb. Uh, he did clear. He was he did clear one off the line. He was putting tackles in. He, in fact, I, I think he saw him win a couple of headers. Or am I just imagining that? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, <laughs> and then the, the both them both them are capable of winning the ball. Both them are um, capable of just. Playing brilliant passes, they're both really composed and got the ball at feet. If if the game's quick, they can slow it down. I mean, I'd, I'd go with a pin because, especially against Southampton, because again, Southampton are a team that we can we can beat. Oh, lads, the banners just come on, BT Sport, just come on. There you go. Get it on, Bollins, so we can see the. Anyway, we'll we'll come on to the banner and flags later. Um, but uh, the the game against Southampton, I think. I mean, again, I mean, yeah, it's all about confidence because it's my team. But um, I think with it being against Pellegrino, I, I, again, Rafa's going to be really up for this because Pellegrino's a bit of a um, Rafa prodigy, isn't he? Yeah. So I can... Uh, is it Pellegrino or Pellegrino? I think it's Pellegrino. Pellegrino, and, uh, isn't it? Yeah, like, like the fizzy, fizzy drink. Start with Marino and Shelby. Yeah, Bolland's... <laughs> Don't want to be critical of players. Say that every time. It's like I don't. You know, I'm clearly going to be critical now. Christian Atsu gets behind Joe Gomez. Um, Joe Gomez tries to pull him back, and it's a little bit like the West Ham one, where Christian, you're in on goal. You you have a direct line between you and one of the poorest shot stoppers in the league, <laughs> in Simon Mignolet, like Chris Pans. Um, <laughs> like, do you, do you think Atsu needs to start taking these chances a little bit more because of Aaron's on the bench in the wings because of um, Jacob Murphy comes from Berkeley on the bench like I don't know I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit I, I love I love him I love Atsu but it's like in the Premier League in these big games and you get so few chances it's just like he doesn't seem to have learned from the West Ham game when we got out and in the end we actually end up conceding a goal kick in that position like when, when's the penny going to drop with him a little bit in these positions particularly these games where chances are so few and far between just, just shoot mate just get a shot off or am I being harsh I think he's been with our top two players this year, so it's it's quite harsh to start pulling out the criticism on Atsu at the minute. I think um, we'd be in a lot worse place without him. So you're being very mean. Fair enough. I thought he was really poor yesterday. He didn't put. I think Dusty didn't put one cross in. Yeah. Um, and I think Gomez is not a good player. Yeah, should, should have been more of a golden. Um, we obviously got him behind there, but like you said be more direct, use his yeah. pace more effectively. Really. Um, yeah. Well, not chance he. As I was saying, like the, the wingers were behind our central midfielders at times. Like we were just playing to frustrate them, but it wasn't about yesterday. wasn't about Atu and Richie getting yeah. forwards and getting balls in the box. It was about not losing, and maybe getting lucky. Maybe Shelby plays a, a mint ball at Hosselu and he goes in off his shin. Like maybe that <laughs> happens. That's what we were hoping for yesterday. It wasn't maybe he should be more direct, but I think it can't criticise him on his performance yesterday. It was not what it wasn't what yesterday was about. If that's Brighton at home, then I fair enough, but. Um, as I said at the start, if he gets forward and we get caught on the break from Mano Salah, it's curtains. So I was quite happy that he was just doing we're, his defensive job. Sorry, we're, we're Liverpool bad. I'm just imagining this, but I think I was saying to you, Norman, through the game that as well as we did, 
a lot of the things that Liverpool did were just really bad key examples. And you know, you could argue that we made them do this. Coutinho would would have um because you know, Coutinho just plays all over the place, doesn't even have position. He's playing in like technically holding midfield in a two alongside Henderson. Which wasn't I don't think he was near Jordan Henderson the whole game. Um you know he was he was, he was putting in balls to the back post against Salah. He was you know he's one on one against Mankio and he decides not to take him on and put a ridiculous ball that went on for a throw in. Were we just did we do you think we caught Liverpool on off day or do you think we we pressured them and hurried them into making those mistakes? Where does the credit off the line? Lies with Genie and Adam going missing for ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Playing in hold midfield of Henderson. Why not Adam putting in a classic away performance probably did help work because it was like a, was he playing? Time, did he do anything? He hit the post, yeah, like, but I, I I agree. He hit yeah. the post in the first half in the corner. Um, I don't think Liverpool were bad. I think. You could argue they were the better team, and that if anyone they had more chances, and probably that that one in the first half where it was bouncing around after it hit the post. I don't know Brilliant how. Brilliant moment there. A couple of air kicks. When they think they've scored. Yeah. Oh, Fast. Love, yeah. love that. Like yeah. they're celebrating the goal. Not a day, lads. <laughs> but um. Or not for another five minutes anyway. I think we've, we've, we've <laughs> just we've just commented on Atsu's like lack of end product yesterday. I think I think Liverpool just lacked end product. They just didn't have anyone. I think we were talking about it at half time. Uh, Green Street was that until Liverpool get someone to replace Suarez or someone who's yeah. going to score like 20 goals plus a season, they're always going to be this inconsistent side who, who don't win games because they don't put away their chances. Um, I mean, Sturridge is a shadow of himself. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's, 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 he's not easily. But um, I thought defensively, uh, defensively uh, for, for, what, um, for what everyone said going into the game, including myself in my preview, because Liverpool have conceded something like 11 goals so far this season, I thought they weren't that bad defensively. They were, they were cut apart by the... the the best through ball the world's ever seen. <laughs> Apart from that, I thought. Uh, is it though, like I think it's class side, but let's let's not pretend it isn't like pathetic defending. Two <laughs> centre backs. You got Hosselu, who we love him, but but he's not fast. The well, one thing he's not he's is fast. fast. Faster than you. All oh, right, right. Is, uh, so, so is fucking Rob Elliott, but I wouldn't put him up front. So is Billy Mojiami. Put him up front, So would I. So would I, I don't think there is a campaign to get me in the team. I must, must have missed that one. Um, maybe I paid for it for more than money I've gleaned from Gallagher Flight now. Um, anyway, anyway, more, 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 more of that later. Um, uh, you've got Hosselu there, and it, it is a good ball. And like Norman said earlier, it's what it's a touch, it's a look, and then we're throwing goal in the space of like two seconds. But what what are the what are they doing? Like, do they even know they're playing football? Those two, like, I don't understand what that plan is. There, it's like, have you got him? No, have you got him? And like, like they said on match of the day too, they were like, one of them just gives up. Like, I think it's Lovren just just pies it. Yeah, and then yeah Lovren's Matt, the one that. Kicks off a no, no, it's Matter. But actually, uh, so it's a good ball, and I want to give him loads of credit. But how? But how? It's the Premier League, like. All we got to do there is like a step up. Yeah. Or just like one of them just get behind. Like, they were just yeah. They were they were very slow to react on that one occasion. But I thought other than that, they didn't really give as much. Nah, no, you would not. I think it was just Liverpool being Liverpool, really. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what they've done last week, created chances and just panicked or like you said, they haven't got a striker who's gonna. Score twenty odd goals. Aye. Fair enough. Um, Bonnet, atmosphere wise, yesterday we've got things to talk about here other than the match. Definitely um, thoughts on it. You're, you're the atmosphere critic of Newcastle. Good atmosphere yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was good atmosphere. Someone else the atmosphere critic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is the atmosphere no, critic? no one wants you in the atmosphere critic world. 
Yeah, it was really good. Um, it's the loudest it's been for a long time. Uh, everyone got behind the team. It wasn't the usual sort of like petulant moaning when someone something went wrong or something didn't go our way. Like everyone was behind the team for the whole game, which was which was really good. I think obviously the flags and the banner before obviously got people right in the mood for what was about to happen. Um, and yeah, just really good. Like the corner, everyone in the corner was singing. You could actually hear uh, the gallows from where we were as well don't call it that the singing section um, (laughs) the singing section Um, so yeah it's just all around really good good atmosphere yeah Liverpool fans any good from where you were sat because we can't we can't really hear the away fans in the other tier sorry were the Liverpool fans any good we'll open watch near them I think we heard them sing after they scored and that was it wasn't it standard appreciate your first time in the second section yes sir thoughts yeah really good experience Um, like Bolland said you well actually you wouldn't even sing with us but like just people just don't have a go yeah Um, it was like singing throughout the game really so yeah I really enjoyed it Um, better than where we were well (laughs) for when I was sitting with you but much better atmosphere no one just kicking off at anything even when things didn't happen it was more encouragement rather than having to go with them best uh, thing about it is when, when Liverpool scored like just everyone just erupts into song it's like right yeah. better get behind well, them no, like, didn't stop did it yeah. yeah it just yeah yeah we love the singing section I, I would really employ if you listen to this if you enjoy um, positivity standing and proning cast United songs to to come along uh, it's mint uh, if you get in contact with Warham on Twitter they'll be able to sort you out I think um, Psy people unhappy with the drum <laughs> right let's uh, I'll, I'll put my hands up because when it stopped in the second half I, I took up the reins you did I forgot about that you were drumming, <laughs> were you drumming? I was just Hi. I was just about to say the drum had nothing to do with us and then like I went, someone <laughs> yeah, would have posted a photo wait, with wait, you going moment. nuts on the drum <laughs> yeah. right, so, t- so Tom who was drumming all the way to the ground and all the way through the first half Managed to wear himself out to the point where he was asleep at half time. It's absolutely four foot kick off like dugout. No, I did, I did say like. So I, took, I took it up. I think the way that it was intended, which was just to to hit the drum whenever. Oh, this, he's a pro. Yeah. What? No, no. Bottom, but just just previous pattern. Sorry. What? Just just ignore him. <laughs> the, the, I thought the drum it works if you use it to to create songs, but I think um at, at, <laughs> at points in the first half it was getting I used as like. <laughs> As like a, a a brass band or something like he's just making like silly tunes out of it, and I think that was maybe getting people annoyed. But I thought it added to it. it I don't think the, that was what's getting people annoyed. But sorry, continue. It, it was very loud. I mean, there's been comments from from the uh, from some journalists and stuff saying they could hear it. And it was you could obviously hear it all the way around the stadium, which makes a difference already. But I thought um, I thought it was good. I thought it made it made it seem seem louder. It made the chance go on longer. Yeah, um, I just I want to make a couple of points about it. If you'd have asked me or you or any of us before the game yesterday, should we bought a drum in? I would have said no, yeah, for various reasons. But you know what? That's that's like, that's that's going to the match and having a few drinks and making some decisions that you wouldn't normally. Obviously, you have to have the drum in the first place to, <laughs> to do that. But I, if anyone's not seen the um, stuff on Twitter um, or, or Facebook from the the march that they had from the North Terrace, you were there, Bonds. You were part of it, weren't you? I was there. Yeah. yeah, we didn't make the North Terrace yesterday. But it looked absolutely class, really loud, really like it. And I think on the back of that, they decided to take the drum into the ground. Um, it, it, grown men getting very angry at the match and kind of threatening Tom and there's no there's no need for it. Um, you know what, in terms of 
what I'm sure you won't mind me saying what he's done for the atmosphere and the singing section his creation and you know even last season driving it forwards uh, some of the stuff put his way was was abysmal um, although I appreciate he can you know give it back as well like a lot of people but I hear a lot of people I hear so many people saying they love Germany they love German football culture we get a lot of comments at Gallagher's flags like make a black and white wall we need to be more like Dortmund's we need to be like this. We need to be like that. Look at this. This is mint. Look at this. Tifo, do that. Can you do something like Leisure Warsaw? Can you do something like they do in Turkey? Can you do all these things? Can you do that? Every single one of them, because of, because they're so loud and because the fans are so integral in those countries and the, the, fo- the football culture is different to the majority of the Premier League, every single one of them uses drums because to get that many people singing in time together, when you want to get like five, seven, eight thousand people, not just standing up to sing the last three lines of Newcastle or the Blaine races, you, you need something like that. So would I have brought a drum in Yester? Probably not. Am I pleased it was there? Yes. Did I think it was good? Yes. Was it perfect? No, because it was the first time doing it. But, you know, all the comments are like, it'll make what like Huddersfield, it'll make what like Blackburn, it'll make what like this. No, you know, you know what? It'll make teams who, who do that again. Maybe it'll make them like Newcastle because... Those those fans um, use drums to replicate to try and like make them louder. Yeah, well, hen- no, I don't want to use uh, the cheesy point here, but drum up atmosphere. The drum is literally it's it, it it is a musical instrument to keep people in time with songs, and we sing songs as a fan base way too fast. It's it's just what we do. We have the whole time being at the match, we sing way too fast. If you think think about the way Rangers fans sing, the Billy Boys come compared to the way, the way we sing, hello hello, like it's embarrassing in comparison but you know that's just the way it is um stuff something like a drum long term if you want to have the kind of atmosphere that people want in terms of continental it's it, it's required um and I, I mean not everyone has to like everything you know not everyone likes flags not everyone likes drums not everyone's like standing at football which i'm completely aware of and it's fine you know not everyone has to agree on everything but there's there's no need for some of the the aggress the aggression that was shown towards it yesterday, people marching up the stairs and that saying stop that now or else it's just a weird N- thing to do. No, nobody said that to me. I think loud coming went down. <laughs> so I, I completely forgot you were drumming. Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm pleased you, you mentioned it. Fair play to you. Um yeah, lads, that was the drum. Um generally, uh we're all at the match apart from Ben. I thought the flag display went went down really well. Manager mentioned it after the game. Um, oh, the pictures of Rafa today, man! Just the the, yeah. the, the surprise on his face because he obviously like, oh, it's a massive message in Spanish. Like even he, he looks so moved by it. it. It's like it makes you feel dead happy that we did it. Just 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 for one bloke. That's the reason we did it. Yeah, and just to clarify, like in hindsight, I can see why some people are saying this, but it was named at the club, the Spanish banner. Um, it was aimed at the the media who were claiming that. Uh, Rafa were you know was gonna leave the club and was out, wanted to go to West Ham and um you know all these arseholes at Sky saying shut up and start managing and you know he's good like Jermaine Genius this week saying enjoy it while it la- while it lasts and you know what he, he might leave and Mike Ashley's a whatever he is but I don't doubt that Rafa Benitez is a hundred percent focused on making Newcastle United a a big club again so that's why we did the banner um you know uh Norman you you did the translation so thanks very much for that um and you know just loads of graph by loads of people thanks to all the volunteers who who you know come and met a load of anonymous people that never seen before and put like you know half an hour's graft in before the game and loads of graft after the game i mean to give people an idea that banner people worked in it for six seven hours last weekend 
we were in with everyone else Friday night. That was six or seven hours. People were back in uh, Saturday for a few hours and then a couple of hours on Sunday as well. So I, I see, you know, I control the Gallagher Clark's Twitter account and loads of people say, why are you just pick and choose your games? It's like, give a break. <laughs> like, we, we, we don't have time to do it. It's like, it's very much volunteer-based, but uh, hopefully we'll meet some people this weekend who, who will be happy to volunteer in future. Uh, I don't really know when the next big display is. We're just kind of taking a little bit of time to reflect and stuff. Um, the club were really happy with the display. Uh, so, yeah, it went really, really well. Thought the, new, the new surfers were really, or well, the new surfer, the Northern Soul one, um, was really well received on the whole. Thanks to uh, everyone who bought the T-shirt. That You know, if you listen to this and you bought a T-shirt, you made that flag happen. Uh, so, congratulations to you because it cost more than two grand and we had to shift more than 200 T-shirts for doing it. So he's getting bored. I'm on a monologue. Um, Norman, I just I just want to touch on what Ben Ben I talked to Ben about earlier about where we are. It's it's still too early, isn't it, to say in terms of you know we've had a solid start. We only need I mean you only need thirty six or thirty eight points. You, you could argue we only need another twenty eight points to stay up. Are, are you still thinking in those terms, or is or is it now we're definitely going to be okay? We should be looking towards our top half. My um. My stance hasn't changed since what I said pre-season. That I think we'll get, um, I think we'll be, we'll get fifty points. I mean, obviously the the ten points we got from seven games, it works out about 53, 54 over the course of the season. And I don't think that's unrealistic. You know, four or five points less than that maybe. Um, but with the management team that we have, with the players we have, barring you know freak freak injuries where we lose three or four players, and I'll see it if we strengthen possibly in the January window then I can't see any reason why there will be any point this season where we'll struggle we're in the top 10 now and you've got teams who have you know been perceived to have they've had half decent starts this season West Brom Stoke Huddersfield have had a great start this season but they're all below us and they're no better than us and I don't um, I don't envisage we're having any problems kiss of death there but you know in fact not exceptionally confident that we'll get high 40s low 50s points wise we're on course to do it and um, I can't see it changing lads anything to add on that we still have to just aim for staying up at the minute it's far too early in the season to be talking about anything else um, we're in the same boat as I said at the start of the season there's probably 12 teams that are all in the same position and the first and foremost thing is stay up 40 points um I will admit that I probably had to eat a little bit of humble pie after my prediction at the start of the season. We started much better than I thought we would, and we look like a much better team than I thought we were. But it's still, priority priorities stay up. I don't oh, look I any further than that. Jump in there, Bolland. I agree with you. Obviously, the priority staying up and getting to forty points. But I think what I'm saying is that I, we'll get forty points. I think, and I think we'll get about fifty. And all, uh, absolutely, the priority is staying up. But I don't. I, I don't pr- pr- Priority is a weird word. Why yeah. was why we're saying priority? It's not like it's either we'll get forty percent, sixty points, or we'll get relegated. Like obviously we'll stay up first, and then that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, of course, of course we want to stay up, but I don't. I just don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I think if you look at the first seven games, we've had a good mix of fixtures. We've had a couple of tricky away games to fellow promote teams, and you know, teams who've just got promoted are always quite tough to beat away from home early doors in the Premier League. Um, we've had, could do better because it could have been <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've played a couple out of the top four um, and you know we've, we've, we've got one Let's, point from the two games we've, we've played like 
a, a representative number of fixtures now for the rest of the season. I think, you know, give us seven more games like that and again and again and again we'll, we'll keep getting ten points. So. The only disappointing thing is the, the two away games that we lost. It's not that we've lost two away games, it was who we were against. We haven't played any of the top seven away, so that's an issue. We still have, we've got Southampton away, we'll have Burnley away, and we've got Palace at home in the next three games. We're six points there, lads, all right. You know, it'd be great to get six points. You draw three, it's three, and it's an unbeaten run, and you go to Old Trafford or wherever after that. But, you know, we're six six points you're hoping for from those games. It, it is too early, too early to start, but two things point out from these first seven games. The vast majority of games this season, even against top sides away from home, I think we'll be in the games at half time. Yeah. And we'll have a chance of, of, of taking maximum points in a lot of games. We'll also probably lose games or draw games that we'll really you'd normally be aiming to win. Palace at home just sticks out as the most Newcastle United game ever. They won't have scored. They won't have won. Yeah. They've got no Ben Tekka, they've got no Zahar, they'll rock up with like nay fans at all because they're shy fans from Palace, despite the acclaim they get. Um, in the media and, and they'll like turn or they'll get a one or draw or something shite like that and we'll all be miserable but yeah it's it's, it's encouraging and, and the one thing I take from looking at all the games and watching the highlights and watching match of the day well you got the top six because I'm not shite you got the top six and um, I mean Burnley are sixth um, you got the top six or even the top five plus Arsenal um, any of those teams you could say were beaten even even winning away from home and at what last time we were in the Premier League it wasn't the case like you know when when, when McLaren went to West Brom I don't even think we watched the match on telly because we knew we'd get beat Do you know we knew we'd get beat that day West Brom away like there's no way Tony Pulis' side at home on a good run weren't going to beat Steve McLaren's powder puff in Newcastle like yesterday when we went 1-0 behind we'd never panicked no, I, I panicked. So I turned to science and says, "That's it. That's a game." Um, <laughs> I was, I was wrong because we would never come back from a goal down. So that's a really positive thing. Yeah, like we came back from a goal down to get something from the game. So, but if you look at like the McLaren side, um, yeah, that would have just that have been it. That one nil could have been like three or four nil really, but for sure it's like under Rafa, we're not just gonna like cave in. Um, like you said, we're not gonna them away games. We. We're gonna get something. I've been. We've been to plenty of away games, and we're just seeing us lose by half time. But yeah. we're always gonna be in the game majority. I think we're gonna be. I don't think many teams are gonna get many points from us at home. Yeah, um, we look good at home. That's the. That's the. That's the thing you've got to do as a promoted side. You've got to be really strong at home. Huddersfield getting tonked four 0 by Spurs when yeah. it could have been ten. Yeah. War Musa getting in the action finally. <laughs> um, that doesn't bode well for them because yeah. they were just. They were just so shit. And I think teams are starting to work Huddersfield out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think teams are starting to work us out because they can't work us out because in a lot of games we're like, there you go, lads, there's the ball, do your worst. We'll see you in 90 minutes. <laughs> um, and, and who's won? So, yeah, positive. I hate international breaks. They're absolutely shit. Um, I really wish, wish it wasn't. But we might have a podcast for you this time. We'll probably will have a podcast for you this time last week. Um I think we're, we're, we're considering doing that worst ever Toon Manager podcast we've talked about a little bit. Mickey's idea, he probably wouldn't do it, but Mickey's idea. And then um, we'll have, uh, against Palace beforehand, we're recording, and I think it's a 1988-1989 season review. Norman's going to be involved in that. Mark Corby's going to do it, who's been on before. So if you're listening and you want to come along and have a say on that season, you're more than welcome. We're looking for other people to do it. Um, it'll be the Trent House at 11 o'clock pre-Palace all being well is that it lads we're done nothing else to say um, 
does anyone um, did anyone keep eyes on Klopp at any point in the, in the touchline at the weekend in the match yesterday? It was just going tits all game, wasn't he? I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. It's like um, it's like there's something really not right there. Well, what was his comment after the game? Said, oh, it's really unfair. Like we had one shot, one chance. We've got like we've got like fifteen. Like, I was unfair. Like, you didn't have fifteen chances, Jurgen. It's he's yeah, clearly got driven by me. But he's yeah. got he's got well, no, but but they had seventeen shots. But like yeah. he's clearly got the Sky Sports app and he's foaming. Yeah, and he's like, look at the possession there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, we made a mistake, but it doesn't mean we can't defend. That was yeah, my <laughs> he can't defend Jurgen. Um, I'm sure you don't need my advice, but. That's it. Thanks to all who uh, who who've been listening. Um, we'll be back, like I said last week. Next proper proper podcast pre-game podcast will be Southampton preview. Uh, we'll get a Southampton fan on hopefully. And uh, yeah, thanks to you lads for doing it. Speak to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.